Good morning, church. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and Pentecost occurs 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. So clearly, if you're hearing this message, you're unable to join us at 11 a.m. for in-person worship, but that's okay. Grab your cup of coffee or your glass of sweet tea, and let's settle in and hear what God has in store for us today. So today's scripture is in Acts 2. It's going to be verse 1 through 8. So go ahead and open your Bible or get your Bible app out. Make your way to Acts 2. And we're going to start with verse 1. So the header in my Bible says, The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were, they were staying in Jerusalem. There were God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewildered because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before we dive into today's message, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Open our minds and our hearts Help us to receive your message today. Whatever it is that each one of us needs to hear, Lord, we ask that you just pierce our hearts with it. Help us to apply it to our lives. Show us how to share your word and your promise according to scriptures with all around us. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. So one of my, my favorite books is my Bible dictionary. And I would probably describe it as saying it is a, a combination of a dictionary and encyclopedia just rolled into one. So this is usually where I start my sermon prep. I want to dig in. I have a couple of keywords from scripture that I want to really look at. And then it's just wherever the Holy Spirit takes me. So let's discuss a couple of things this morning. Let's lay a foundation of why Pentecost is not simply just an event that occurred after Christ ascended into heaven. Now remember, we said last week, we can't treat church like it's a museum or a walk down memory lane. Scripture is filled with daily instructions for living a life that is pleasing to God. So first, let's really examine Pentecost. 
Pentecost in Greek literally means 50th day. It's the Greek equivalent for the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. That's W-E-E-K-S. And this is found in Exodus 34. There's also the Feast of Harvest that's found in Exodus 23. There's the Day of First Fruits that's found in Numbers 28. And all of these feasts fell on the 50th day after the Feast of Passover. Now, originally, festivals were filled with rituals and ceremonies. And one thing I noted that was really interesting is the last Palestinian crop that ripened were formally dedicated at that time to God. Leviticus 23 tells us of the sacred nature of these times with specific sacrifice. And then in later times, the feast developed into a uh, commemorative time of giving of the Mosaic laws. Rabbis actually taught that the law was given 50 days after Exodus. Now look, I love biblical numbers. And 50 is not one that's been on my radar much. It is now on my radar. I I love biblical numbers. Um, Also, it it was the event in Acts 2 that we're talking about today that transformed a Jewish festival into a Christian one. You know, some connect the the celebration of first fruits to Christian tithing. But the primary reference to Pentecost in the New Testament is directly connected with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to dwell in the church as it is noted in Acts 2. So, In his sermon on that day, Peter stressed that the bestowal of the Spirit was in fulfillment of Joel's prophecy in Joel 2. This event was a direct answer to the promise made by Christ when he said the Holy Spirit would be sent to you. Of the events on the day of Pentecost, you know, there's so much interest attached to the manifestation of the gifts of tongue. The power of God is seen and felt in his word. So I can only imagine the power that cloaked them on the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit hovered above them as a flaming tongue. So as we know, scripture is filled with phrases such as the word of God and That expression occurs hundreds of times in the Old Testament as prophetic word from God spoken through prophets. But the word of God also references to the law of God as it's noted in Psalms 147. It's also connected to Genesis in the activity of God, the creator. But either way, once uttered, God's word does not return to him empty. You cannot sit under God's word and not be changed. The word of God makes him known to us when we study scripture. 
and in the New Testament, the Word of God is referring to the good news or to the gospel as it's noted in Acts 15. It's also referencing Christ and the cross, the reconciliation of of humanity back to God. It's eternal life. It's salvation. For Christians, we are to abide in the word. We're to keep the word. And we are to serve the word. Now, Jesus didn't talk like an Old Testament prophet. He said, I say to you. He didn't say the Lord says to you. The words of Jesus are the words of our Lord. So to receive and accept them is to receive eternal salvation. You know, there is a power in the word of Christ. And I will tell you, it actually breaks my heart that people do not stand on that power and victory of the word. Scripture says to us, the word of God is our sword. You know, there were many conflicts in Scripture of a physical nature and a spiritual nature. They had hand weapons. They had body armor. They had offense weapons, which was their sword. Think about it. There was a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life noted in Genesis 3. A sword for punishment was noted in Exodus 5 and 22. Gideon's men were executing in judgment for God with the sword of the Lord, as it's noted in Judge 7. So in the Old Testament, a long sword was used while a shorter dagger was used in the New Testament. But Paul speaks of the sword of the Spirit as it's noted in Ephesians 6. Oftentimes, there was also a rod or a stick where one end would be loaded, uh, it would be weighted heavier than the other one, and it would be swung, and that was to keep people out of arm's reach so they couldn't use their swords. The scripture also talks about the defensive weapons, which were the shields and the helmet and the breastplates and the, the greaves on their legs and the plates on their arms. You know, the the phrase whole armor is actually a Greek reference to such armament. In 1 Samuel, you can actually read about the armor of Goliath. Even the giant needed armor. And he stood so tall above everyone, but yet he had protection. So there were many battles on a physical level and a spiritual level. And in ancient times, a trumpet would sound by the commander to to open each battle, but also it would be used to call the soldiers away from battle. So let's let's bring this into a modern-day period. Let's talk about how it relates to our modern-day lives. So what do you think about a martial art? Most people in martial arts train with a weapon. They train for years. They are creating muscle memory. So when they're in battle or competition, the muscles act in a split second, and the brain never really has to think about it. They will practice one motion for hours. Oftentimes, after such an extensive period of of repetitive motion, 
They can't hardly move properly because they ache so bad and they are exhausted. So now let's, now let's, let's bring this back to our faith. God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, in us, and to walk this journey alongside us, to give us discernment and wisdom and clarity. Just like the flaming tongues were above each person during Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gives us words to speak and great levels of discernment to understand what's going on around us, to communicate with each other. Scripture is our sword of God. You know, we can't wait to pick it up only when we need it. We must practice our spiritual muscle memory every single day. We must, we must train our hearts to obey the Word of God, the sword of God. We must not only train with the sword of God, but we must also wear the armor of God each and every day. Because one day that trumpet will sound. One day we will see a raging battle on earth. God has said there will be a day when he rids this earth of wickedness. My question this morning, church, are you practicing? Are you reading the word of God each and every day in order to create spiritual muscle memory? So that you can actually use the sword of God in a split second and, and understand its power and speak with authority? Will you, what will your reactions be when that trumpet sounds? When the trumpet sounds, will you know where your sword is at? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for a spiritual awakening in our hearts, in our church, in our community, and this world. Lord, train us with your sword. We pray that your, your Holy Spirit cloaks us and that you'll open our hearts and our minds for a deeper understanding of your word so we'll be able to use your sword when the time comes. Lord, we pray for every knee to freely bow now because one day every knee will bow whether they want to or not. Lord, help us draw closer to you so that we can be received by you on that day when you return. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. And now we pray with one voice the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's children said, Amen. So remember, always, always, I'm praying for you. We're always here. The church doors are always open if you need us. But remember to speak life. Be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.